Shalom Aleichem. Welcome to The Schmooze, the Yiddish Book Center's podcast. I'm Lisa Newman, and today I'm visiting with Misha Schaffner-Kargman. Misha is currently a sophomore at Bard College, hoping to study written arts and history. They began studying Yiddish the second semester of their first year in 2021 with Bard professor Cicely Kudsniks. After doing the YIVO summer program in 2021, and another semester of Yiddish in the fall of 2021, they applied for a spot on Bard College's student-run radio station, WXBC, a Yiddish radio program. Welcome, Misha. Hello, hi, thank you for having me. It's lovely to have you. Um, before we get started, the Yiddish name for your radio show is? Often Cole. Often Cole, okay. Yeah. And if I don't embarrass you, um, I mm-hmm. think it was at the suggestion of your aunt or aunts that you get in touch. Yeah, it was, it was. So um, a shout out to say thank you. Yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that you followed their advice because I'm really curious to learn more about how you found your way to Yiddish. Yeah, um, well, I, I growing up, my I, I grew up with, with my grandparents mostly and my great-grandmother. My great-grandmother... Um, her, I believe, I don't quite know, but her family spoke Yiddish in the home, um, or some kind of what I, what were, what I have assumed and have figured out to be like Romanian Southern Yiddish in the home. Um, and so she spoke that and my grandmother, um, but when, when my grandmother was born, uh, they, my great grandmother and her husband decided not to teach my grandmother, but they would speak it to say things that they didn't want the children to hear um and my grandmother would would tell me stories about how there would be an argument or something and then they just hear a word like car or television or all these things um that like they did not know if there were Yiddish words for um and so that was kind of my first introduction to it but I was I was raised very much in the idea of you know this the standard Hebrew being the the vernacular of, of the, the world vernacular of Jewry or Jews rather, um, and then as I got older, I, I I I grew up in Queens and I went to school um, in in Long Island and I had I had a friend group in my junior and senior year of high school where everyone spoke a different language at home like someone spoke Haitian Creole someone spoke um, Puerto Rican Spanish another person spoke Igbo and. And we had this one day where we were all sitting in, in a circle and, and speaking about like, you know, being raised in different languages. And they got to me and they're like, so like, what do you speak at home? Like, do you speak Hebrew? And I'm like, well, no, my family's not Israeli. And um, in theory, we would speak Yiddish, but I couldn't really, but I was like, you know, it, it's, it's so hard. It's so distant. Um, and then I came to Bard and um, I was, I had settled on German because it was close enough in my head to something that would have been spoken by my ancestors, but it's close enough to English. And um, now after learning about like Deutsch and all of this other things, it, it just feels so weird to say like, yes, to get in touch with my Jewish roots. I want to learn German. Um, and I was interested in German and I took, I, Bard makes you take a, um, a standard FISM, this first year class, this, literary canon class, I guess, is, is how I put it to my friends. Um, and so for my first semester, I decided I wanted to take it with a, with a German, with a, this professor who was from Germany. She's a, a Buddhist monk. She's a lovely woman, I, I, um, very, very kind. And she, 
she speaks German and she mentioned because she was raised in Bavaria and she mentioned once taking a semester of Yiddish in high school and I was I got so excited I was like oh do you know Yiddish and she's like no but I have a friend who I could put, maybe put you in contact with and through like a game of Jewish geography and this like email chain that I was not privy to um she put me in touch with Professor Kuznets um and I emailed her and I was like hi I really want to take a, a Yiddish class I, I need to learn this and she was like okay if you're interested I'll, I'll do I'll do a tutorial with you but because of COVID and because of everything you know like I can't get us a room we'll do it on zoom and so we did so it was me and two other two other students and then one of them dropped so it was just me and this other student um and we were doing Yiddish on zoom and then halfway through I was like I need I need more of this I you know it, it's um it's 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 mama lotion even if it's not like my first language or a language that I was raised with and my grandparents don't speak it my mother doesn't speak it um, my, you know, like no one in my family speaks it really. Uh, my aunt, one of my aunts who recommended I come here knows, or, or talk to you rather, um, knows very little like Galician or Yiddish. And that is like, it, but like not enough to have a conversation where you just can say hello and see how we are and say that we're fine um, together. But, um, and so I, I, I was like, I need to do the summer. I, I looked around and I found a summer program. Like I need to do the, the Evo summer program. So I did that. Um, and that's kind of where I fell in love with it really because I had so much of it. Um, and I would just, and that was also in Zoom. So I kind of fell in love with, with Yiddish on Zoom and, and that's, that's where I really feel like I, I got it and I held it and like got into it, it was after that summer program of being able to speak and everything, like, like speak in sentences. Um, which is very exciting. And of course I have to tell you that you should consider applying for the Yiddish Book Center's Diner Summer Yiddish program next yeah. year. Um, but I'm actually going this summer. Yeah. You are coming. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we'll meet and you're going to be yes. in person. Yeah. And I'm so excited. <laughs> I'll tell you this little joke. I hope our listeners mm-hmm. don't mind. It's not a joke, mm-hmm. but it's a, it's a, a twist. Um, you know, I often hear about everybody and myself included whose grandparents spoke Yiddish so that the children, the grandchildren couldn't understand. And as I walk in the parking lot coming to work in the morning, during the Steiner Summer Yiddish program, I'm frequently flanked by students speaking Yiddish, and I feel like everything is turned around. They're now speaking Yiddish so that <laughs> the adult in the room, the elder, um, can't understand. So it's a little bit of a twist. And really curious to back up for one second mm-hmm, of course. to get your thoughts on um you know, we think of Hebrew in many instances as being the language of Jews, and yet Yiddish is so much more than just a you know bunch of fun, quaint phrases. Were you surprised when you realized that? Um, not as much, actually. I mean, somewhat originally, early early on, when I was just raised with with phrases and kind of um, the Yiddish augmented English of um, like. Flatbush, Canarsie, Rockaway, these, like these areas that I grew up in. Um, and then somewhere in high school, when I learned that it was a language and that, you know, most of the words that I thought were Hebrew words were actually Yiddish words, um, you know, like that, that was kind of, that was where that happened. And then eventually it was just like this, I need to learn it. I want to find it. Um, but when I really, my real first interaction with Yiddish as a language, um, as a vernacular, as anything was, um, or is rather, I guess, um, Yiddish Glory, the al- this album 
um, about like World War II songs. And I, I found the, the Victory song, which I still, st- I forget the Yiddish name for, because um, I would mispronounce it early on, because um, I didn't understand Yiddish writing at all. Um, and like just listening to it and being like, I don't know what's happening here, but it doesn't sound like, like it doesn't sound like, like like German. It doesn't sound like Russian. It doesn't sound like Hebrew, but it has all of that in there. And yeah, <laughs> it's very exciting. And what inspired you to start a radio show? Who is the audience that yeah. you're playing to? <laughs> so, Bard, um, I, I Bard has a massive music scene, and I I'm not a musician. I didn't really have music taste until I got to Bard. I, I listened to a lot of musicals, and then. Um, started listening to Yiddish music Um, and then eventually I my one of my friends runs the the radio station and I was I've been talking I was talking to friends about you know it would be cool to do a radio show but I don't know what it would do and I don't want to just sit there and play my music you know because like uh, you know it doesn't I want to make something out of it I want to do something out of it and then um, I was just at I was I was in the kitchen of my dorm one night and they dropped the the um application it was like you know what i i need to practice my yiddish um because my my professor's on sabbatical and i know a lot of yiddish i know of a lot of yiddish songs so why don't i i try this so i i filled out the application i texted someone who was like is this even possible to do a foreign language show um and then i and then they were like sure and i'm like i don't think and then i, I went to my friends i'm like they're not going to prove it there is no audience no one at bart speaks yiddish um i mean like probably there's someone but like outside of me and my professor, I, I can't find anyone who like speaks it enough to listen and engage with the show. Um, but I was kind of like, I'm going to do this for me. And I'm going to do this as a form of practice, as a, as a way to connect with my language, as a way to get more interested in the culture and the scene and, and um, mm-hmm. you know, understand Yiddish music more. Because all I really knew at that point was the Barry Sisters' uh, greatest Yiddish hits and like Shtetl Bells. Um, and then, so I started, so I started the show. I didn't expect it to get picked up. It got picked up. And then I was like, I have, I don't have an audience for this, I guess. And then, so I just told everyone I could about it. Um, and it was like, you know, if you know anyone who knows Yiddish or if you know German, or if you know some Russian or Polish or something, just like, or Hebrew, just like come and listen and see how much you can understand. Um, and so I have, I have a pretty big base actually of, um, of, Jews at Bard and people who who don't speak Yiddish in in some family um, who just come and listen to engage with the culture and also fans of Klezmer. I have a bunch of friends. I have a friend who's from Greece who listens because they are a big fan of Daniel Kahn and they're and they love the Klezmer and we just kind of like and then they go to their show and it's a bunch of like foreign language stuff that I don't understand and then sometimes there's a Yiddish song in there and I'm like ah we're getting here. Um, but it's right now the audience is a lot of Jewish people who want to engage with Yiddish culture and um, and, and some Klezmer fans, which is nice, more than I expected. <laughs> One never knows when they set out on a journey where it's going to take them. Um, yeah. And it is great that there's an audience. Um, you'll be here for Yidstock, which you'll mm-hmm. love. Um, I'm so excited. Yes, it's, it's a raucous four days. Um, so can you tell me a little bit about the program, kind of what it features and how you put it together? I can yeah. imagine it's kind of a large undertaking. Yes. Yeah. So every week I, for most of the semester, I was picking topics um like or like like themes 
um, for Valent, my first show was on Valentine's Day, or was supposed to be on Valentine's Day, but got pushed back um, because I misread the schedule. Um, so I made like a love song show, but then also then when I ended up doing it was right after the Ukraine thing started happening. So I, I put a bunch of Ukrainian Yiddish songs and songs about Ukraine in Yiddish on it. Um, so I normally pick a theme like that, like love, like um, I did one for victory for Purim because fun and all that. Um, and then I make a playlist on Spotify of the songs that I can find that pertain to the theme and I um, organize them. I use, because we do it on um, on Mixler, you're allowed to, You, I, I believe that you're not, you can't get in, you won't get in trouble for using certain things. So I, there's an album called Music from the Yiddish Radio Project and I use their intro to Yiddish melodies and swing. And that's the only English I have. So it's, so there's some kind of nagoon or um, instrumental at the beginning, then that introduction, and then I introduce it in Yiddish, and then they just we go into the songs. And every two songs, I I introduce the last one, and then I do the the next one. And my goal with it, and like when I'm making my playlists, my goal is always to try to mix classical klezmer and like like or not even klezmer, just like old Yiddish classics with whatever I can find that's modern. So I had I had one week where it was like Barry Sisters right next to Gavalt, which is a, a Yiddish metal band. Um, and then there's there's a psychedelic rock band that's coming out now uh, in Yiddish called Forspiel, which I'm trying to like, so I try to like compare them it like and have them next to each other. So it's like, this is what we had and this is what we have and this is where we're going. Um, and, I'm, and I try to also present it as apolitically as possible, not in like, there is no politics, but I want to present a as full a picture of Yiddish existence as I can. So I had, I had one week where we did, where I did um, songs about like the old country and, and homelands. And I had, um, I, I think I had like three, like three things back to back where it was like, it's Romania. And then it's a song about Israel. And then it's a song about like Israel and Palestine. And then another song about, um, like I think it was a Hasidic song of some form and just kind of like trying to present as much of the Yiddish world as I can through music. So, it's a, it's yeah. a really great way to explore the culture. And and so interesting, when we first started um, presenting Yitzhak, um, mm-hmm. it's now 10 years or so ago, it amazed me that, you know, you thought of it or I came to it thinking, oh, you know, it's klezmer music, but you realize it's like all aspects of Yiddish and Jewish culture. It evolves and it picks up and borrows. And I think that that's what you're finding, that there is a contemporary outlet. It's a continuum. Exactly. Yeah. Um, like I was, I play, I really like playing Maria Ka, who is this Polish Yiddish um, cold wave techno person like 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 a musician and I keep getting people being like is this Bjork does Bjork do songs in Yiddish now and I'm like no but but it's here um and it's exactly that it's like there's so in like whenever I'm presenting it I'm trying to I want it to be so much more than just klezmer and just nagoons without losing that because I think it's so essential um to have like to have it all I guess yeah exactly it's like there's so much more than just klezmer but it's also so essential well, it's, I mean, it's interesting. It speaks to so many things. And I think, again, of the experience of so many of our um, alums who go through the Steiner Summer Yiddish program. Mm-hmm. 
and you think, oh, it's interesting to learn the language, but you have no idea um, the opportunities and what's out there. For instance, you're developing this great radio show, which is wonderful. in, In doing this, again, I'm curious, and this may not be the case, but have you done any sort of, um, you know, sort of going down rabbit holes to learn about the history of Yiddish radio? It was such a big part of the immigrant home. Um, a little bit. I, I wanted to do more. I just, this semester for me at Bard has been so hectic, um, but I, I I did a lot of research on, um, actually through the, the um, Yiddish Book Center's YouTube channel, the, the oral histories, which mm-hmm. I, I love so much um not to be a sycophant but like genuinely it's 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 you appreciate it it's fine yeah (laughs) of course um but like um oh i i'm dyslexic and so i'm bad with letters but i think it's wevd was Mm -hmm, that's right yeah yeah uh like just the existence of wevd and and everything involved in that um like the station that knows your language or that speaks your language like just that catchphrase for me um and so I've been, so, so I'm, I've gotten the surface, I've gotten to the surface level of it, but I know that there's, there's so much more that I, that I am trying to find and trying to look for. And, and I didn't mean to put you on the spot of at course. all, because you yeah, seem so, um, it's so interesting to hear you speak about all of this, because it's yeah. so genuine, and it's definitely like you're taking all of us along on this exploration with you. Yeah. Um, it, this may be a funny question as well. Is there any one sort of Yiddishist who you would love to feature on the program or um, have on the program? Musically or just in general? Anything. Yeah. Um, I I would really like, I, and I haven't emailed her, but I would really like to get my professor on there just to have her, because I think it would be comical for her to be like, ah, yes, you have made like these mistakes. Because um, I've been using it as a way to, improve my adjectival agreements and all that um but I I think it would be really fun to have her on there um I mean you know anyone anyone who's making Yiddish music right now would be amazing to have and to talk to um uh, I like the first person that comes to mind is Daniel Kahn just how like what he how he presents Yiddish music to me is very interesting because it's um it's like a classic song and then it's a translation of it often or some kind of like it's bilingual or trilingual you have like russian yiddish english all all at once and i think that that's fascinating also um i guess this also just might be more of like i would love to just talk to the vocalist of Vorspiel or the vocalist or maria Kod, just be like you are so cool please make more music but also like what is your thought process behind this because you know so many people who make music now who make yiddish music now are coming at it from a position that like coming at Yiddish, like from where I like have been where I am now, like learning it as, as like a second language, that's not a second language, I guess, um, which is, or it is a second language, but it, it, it feels weird to be like, you know, like what do, what do Ashkenazi people speak in theory mm-hmm. and like returning to that. That's so great. And you are going to love being here for four days if you had so stuff. Excited. For so sure, excited. you get this whole range of musicians and um, stuff. Um, so for our listeners, um, remind us, can we all tune in? Yes. yes. Um, okay. It's Mondays, Monday nights, six to eight um, until the end of the semester, which is about got a month left. So we've got a few, we've got a few shows left. Uh, it's uh, it's wxbc.bard.edu. Um, yeah. And anyone can listen. You don't need a Mixler account. 
Um, but if you make one, you can comment. And it's, yeah. Great. And I could put you on the spot again. Um, so if you're looking for a show to put together, the mm -hmm. Yiddish Book Center has a program called the Decade of Discovery. And each year, beginning in 2020, which was our 40th anniversary, we um, program around a theme for the year. And this year's theme is women in Yiddish. So bringing women, Yiddish yeah. women to yeah. the, uh, you know, to your radio show, if you want to do that as part of our Decade of Discovery, let me know and we'll share it out with the world. Yeah, I'd be so excited. I actually, I did a show about all um, all women song or all women vocalists mm -hmm. or like songs about like uh, I forget the word it's not it's Freikeit, like like womenness in Yiddish um, I, I forget exactly um, I could be confusing with Frumkeit, which is not that that is orthodoxy um, um, but yeah uh, and it would be I would love to I would love to do that it would be great well, game on, yes. game on. All right, um, Misha, from one host to another, thanks for joining me today. And I am just absolutely delighted to know that you'll be in the building in a matter of weeks. I'm so excited. And thank you so much for having me. I'm honored. Um, thank you again for all your work. And let's give a shout out. Your aunt's name is, can we, oh, um, you can just do a first name. Judy, Judy. Uh, and Sharon. Okay, Judy and Sharon, thank you so much for sending Misha our way. And uh, we look forward to having you here this summer. Keep up the good work. Thank you, so you have been listening to The Schmooze, a production of the Yiddish Book Center in Amherst, Massachusetts. To learn more about this podcast and to subscribe, visit YiddishBookCenter.org. I'm Elizabeth Carteropoli. Until next time, be well and be healthy.